Good evening, everyone. Uh, I call the meeting to order City of University Heights City Council meeting, April 12, 2022. The meeting's being conducted electronically by Zoom. Uh, there's quite a few guests here tonight. And so I wanna get right to the meeting. All five council are present. Approval of minutes March 8th and March 22nd. We'll do them together unless there's an, an addition or correction. Are there any additions or corrections to the minutes of March 8th or March 22nd? Hearing none, the minutes are approved by unanimous consent. Okay, we'll go on to public input. And I understand there's some public at the uh, community center that wanna speak. Oh, Jan, just mute. a minute, Jan's on mute. Okay. I thought I did. No? You're good, yeah, you're Jan. Good. I did. You're good. Okay. Hi. I'm Jan Leff, and I'm on the committee um, that is in charge of the community foundation money for University Heights. And we met previously, and I think you got the report from Chris Lezzi that we would like to plan an event for this coming summer. And the event would be an all community picnic. And for those of you who attended about three years ago before COVID, I think you would all echo my sentiments that it was a very successful event and it did a great sense of building community. So we would like to do it again uh, we will need some assistance from the University Heights Council, um, either a person or persons who would be willing to work with us. We'll do the planning, um, but uh, what we envision is that this would be a, a, an event that we would have at one university way would involve children we already have musical acts that are willing to volunteer. And we have some funds so that we could do some food and um, make it a fun event for everyone in our community. So our purpose is to ask you if you would like to work with us in planning this event going forward. Uh, you had uh, Chris Leslie had submitted a report before the meeting. So right. Uh, right. because she did that, I will entertain council to uh, talk about this or if, uh, I mean, some of the council might not be familiar with the community foundation fund. And I don't know if they had enough time to look into that, but, uh, or we could uh, have discussion on the agenda for the May meeting. Um, what would the, does the council have any reaction to um, discussing it tonight? Do you have enough background or do you want to discuss it at the May meeting? Is this the same event that um, it would have been on, was it the, the, the vacant lot down by Stella's? Exactly. Yes. So, and, and we got the tea, towel, the tea towels that said University Heights, it's more than a speed trap. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Those are great. 
Um, well, Bobby, uh, so you're a little familiar with the community foundation. I'm not. Yeah, I'm a little familiar with it. I mean, I remember the event that that we did that she's referring to. That was we were just brand new to the community, and that was one of the first things I think we attended. You see, um, would uh, council like to uh, do a little more research and talk about this at the May meeting, or do you want to uh, talk about it more now? I'm fine discussing it more now. I don't know what the rest of the council thinks. Can you, um, Jan, repeat what what were the what were the asks again that you had for us in terms of committing or you know? I think mostly we want assistance. We have a fund of about twenty five hundred dollars from the Community Foundation of Johnson County, and so that is seed money that we could certainly work with. Um, I think. The flow of money is the consideration, and we would need some assistance with that. Gotcha. So you're thinking the budget for this event is more like more than twenty five hundred? I we have not gotten that far in our planning. I see. Um, I mean, it is seed money, and uh, we've been in contact with the a food source as well. And um, having it here at One University Way, we know that the developer of that community is definitely on board and is willing to shut off the parking lot for that day or for several hours, not for the day. So, I mean, we've done a little preliminary work. I don't have any specifics as far as a budget or what we really are planning specifically. So I think we would just like to have the go-ahead and know that the council is behind us. So you said the developer is on board with shutting down. What is that? Does that include the homeowners association? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Um, you said that the developer is on board with shutting right. down. But what about the homeowners association? Would seem like an important they would assume that probably ensues as well. And I don't have that validation at this point. But the fact that the developer seemed really behind it and was kind of encouraging us uh, led us to believe that he felt that it was a positive for the community here. So does that mean shutting down cars from coming in and out of their um uh the south and the north uh buildings it might but for a period of time and i mean he certainly would be in charge of that factor as far as what he felt was appropriate and what was not so um we just like the idea that it's kind of central and it's easy to get to and um most community members would have access to it. Um, I, I guess I'd like to know a little more information, but I'm, I'm interested in it and I'm on board, but I'd want to know a little more details of, you know, like say traffic and 
and uh, like say any other ask, but uh, I'd be willing to entertain it. But I, I don't know if I could commit to that tonight, but I, I can verbally say I'm behind it, but I'd just like okay. to get a little bit more information, but I, I, I'm definitely interested. Okay. So perhaps you would like me to you or our committee to gather more information specific to the traffic flow and the parking and, and just, just any impact, you know, any anything that could be seen as a, a, a as a negative or I don't lack of a better term, but uh, anything that might uh, interfere or interrupt or anything like that, you know, just a timeline, and then maybe we can kind of work around that and kind of find out if it's an off peak time or anything okay. like that. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that, Doug. And then, um, I, yeah, obviously, I just want to see if I would want to be sure that it wouldn't throw off any of the tenants, you know, from their space, obviously. Right, right. Um, and that would be, I would imagine, pretty easy to figure that one out. But, I mean, I like the idea of, of a community event. Um, obviously, financially, I don't know, you know, obviously, I don't know how, you know, how much you're thinking about, but that would obviously be an important part of it. And so... Surely. Um, but it'd be, I don't know, it'd be cool to, if we could get donations and uh, from people, maybe just, maybe it wouldn't cost much at all. <clears throat> okay. So what I'm hearing is that you would like us to come back maybe in a month's time with more specifics about parking and the regulations of traffic flow and the finances. Yeah, yeah, I would. And, and like I say, maybe have a plan A and a plan B that, you know, we can, you know, like or dislike or see if, you know, it, it will fit for everybody. So if you could come up with a plan A, plan, plan B kind of thing, it, that'd be great. Okay. All right. Well, I think we can work on that for sure. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Yes. Jan, Jan this is Steve Ballard. How are you? Sure. I'm fine. Thank you. Good. Good to see you. Yeah. So I would suggest that you check with the Homeowners Association, which I know you're going to. You might want to ask individual tenants, particularly commercial tenants that have the parking right there, uh, you know, just to make sure that everybody's okay. The council's always been responsive to, you know, the people, the, you know, the nearby neighbors. Um, I, obviously, I would talk to Chief Kelsey in terms of traffic and just the event sure. generally. Um, if there's if there are particular requests for the council, like you said, you know, you can bring those back, and then and then once we once we have that, uh, it, I don't know that that any of this would impact any of the city ordinances, but the council would be in a position to, uh, you know, if we needed to grant, if the council wanted to grant a permit or needed to, we, we could we could accomplish that as well. So I just thought okay. I'd give you that little list. Okay, we'll be happy to look into it. Great. Thank you, Jan. It's nice Thank to you. see you. Nice to see you too. Thank you, Jan. Uh, is there anyone else who'd like to speak to the council tonight? Um, let's see, Katie's on the agenda. Do I see other people? Pat Yegi. Okay, I don't hear any other public input. So we'll go on. Now, before we go to the general obligation bond, uh, Katie asked to be uh, up at the front of the meeting with the Sidekick Coffee liquor license. She's applying for a, uh, as the owner of Sidekick Coffee and Books for consideration of application for Class C liquor license. Uh, Mike, as clerk, will you explain uh, what that is? Sure. Iowa has uh, 
class A, B, and C, as well as D liquor licenses and some, some other, other variations between there. In University Heights, currently, we have three entities that have class C liquor licenses. That would be Stella, that would be the rooftop at the Marriott, and that would be Maggie's Farm. And a class C liquor license is for taverns, bars, and restaurants. It allows them to sell liquor, wine, and beer from the premises for consumption. It also, this is actually new and came from the legislature out of COVID. It allows carryout sales of liquor, wine, beer, and mixed drinks as well. That was a state change, okay? We also have one entity in town with a class B liquor license, and that is the Courtyard Bistro at Marriott. And class B liquor licenses are only available for hotels and motels. So what Katie is asking for is what we have given to our other establishments. Um, I know when I talked to her, basically this has come out of requests and, and Katie jump in any moment when I'm saying more than you want me to, that, that publishers for authors readings asking, you know, would they be, could we serve wine? Could we serve, you know, something like that? So I, I don't think her, her intent is not to devote half her counter to <laughs> sales or anything like that, but just it, it's, a, it's an amenity that would enhance events she would like to hold. Is that a, is that a fair, uh, fair summary, Katie? Yes, it's come out of publishers asking for um, this capability for larger books that I have coming up in May, starting to put more people back on the road and doing in-person events with big book releases that did not happen for the last two years. And they're asking for wine. And, um, but I'm just starting small and, you know, that's what it's like, that's what I'm planning to do with it. And that's why this has come about. Are there any other questions by counsel for Katie? She's here to answer any questions. Um, otherwise, uh, could we have a motion for consideration of application for Class C liquor license by Sidekick Coffee and Books? I'll motion. I'll second. Motion by Lisa, second by Bobby. Discussion. Uh, roll call vote. No, it's not a roll call vote. All in favor, say aye. 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 Uh, opposed, say no. Motion carries unanimously. Congratulations, Katie. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Okay, we'll go on. Thank you for waiting, uh, everyone, because I promised Maggie Berger she'd be first. And, um, but we had a little bit of business. So Bobby, Steve Cool, and I met several times with Maggie Berger from Spear Financial to go over some numbers about a general obligation bond. And Maggie's here uh, with uh, numbers and bonding options, which was sent to the council a day or two ago. And uh, welcome Maggie, and thank you for coming tonight. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it, everybody. 
I do know that you were forwarded the information and I will try not to take a lot of your time this evening, but I will answer any questions um, that you have. In your packets, we start with um, a, a bond debt capacity. So I think that's very important uh, to always look at that. Uh, your debt capacity of any city is um, 100, it's 5% of your 100% valuation. And so as you can see, you have a debt limitation starting on July 1st for fiscal year 23 of $9,558,000. Uh, as you can see, we have listed the general obligation bonds that are outstanding for the city right now and the principal amounts only. That's all it has to count against debt capacity is principal. We've got $1,165,000 of principal and this again as, as of July 1st, so after your June 1, 2022 payments are made. Uh, if we deduct that off of our $9.5 million number, you have remaining legal debt capacity of 8,393,000. We are not talking about you borrowing this uh, amount of money. So I do wanna say that I feel very confident in the amount of money that you're looking to borrow at this time. I also think that this gives you a, a very uh, nice amount of money that you could borrow in the future if a bigger or larger project um, came up that you needed to borrow for. I don't think that you are in by any means um, butting up against your debt capacity or, or leaving yourself too short. Um, we can then talk, I think, on the next page, Mike, about um, the <clears throat> cost of projects that we're looking at. So what we have talked about is um, these four projects or these four, I should say, four listings of projects, okay? Olive Court Reconstruction and Gulf View Avenue, we've made a, a, um, a parenthesis below that. Those are projects that have already been completed. Uh, and just depending on what we find in our records, those may be taxable, meaning that you may sell a tax-exempt bond and a taxable bond. It's pretty common uh, that cities will have part of it taxable, part of it tax exempt. What we're looking for is any kind of uh, knowledge in meeting minutes or any kind of uh, reference in meeting minutes that you intended to borrow money for those projects in the future um, or anywhere that it was written down that you were intending to borrow money for those projects. That's a question that bond council asked from the IRS perspective. Again, these two amounts are, are for the city's portion are not large amounts, it would be okay to do taxable. It just means that the taxable bonds might have a slightly higher interest rate than tax exempt. And I'll remind you for those who maybe are new to the council, when you sell these municipal bonds as general obligation, if they are tax exempt, which most municipal bonds are, uh, you would sell them in a fashion that the in that the investors will not pay federal income tax on the money that you pay them in interest. And so that's where the taxability question comes in is if those are taxable, then those folks who, who invest will be paying federal income tax. Again, not a huge difference happened. We have taxable bonds all the time. There was then a list of fiscal year 23 projects um, that the council had identified or your, your finance committee had identified that totaled around $252,300 that we're looking to finance. And then um, per our discussion, we did look at adding the Cozier Avenue project as well, which we think would be done in maybe fiscal year 23 or, and or uh, a combination fiscal year 23 and 24. 
Um, the reason I'm suggesting uh, that we would include this at this point in time is we have an, a rising interest rate market. We know this is a project that is, is likely scheduled to be done. Um, and you do have from the date that you receive the bond proceeds, you do have 24 months per the IRS to spend those bond proceeds. Um, and so that we thought was an important aspect to possibly getting the money. You can invest the money that you get the bond proceeds. You just can't invest them at a rate higher than the rate that you're paying on the interest um, at that time. But you could invest that money. It also, uh, I do want to point out that all of the projects that are listed are essential corporate purpose which means that they are interchangeable dollars. Uh, I think that we had this discussion in our last conversation that um, we will hold a public hearing on purposes that indicate things like um, water, street, sewer, garbage, um, uh, stormwater, curb and gutter, traffic signalization, sidewalks. So we don't ever call a project out by name in the state of Iowa for public hearing purposes. That just makes the money interchangeable that if closure for some reason got pushed back and did not start and some other projects came up, you would be able to spend money on that. I can let the finance committee speak a little more to this, but we thought about adding this project as a large project and talking through some of the money that you have in cash on hand, as well as ARPA funds. Um, we thought you could complete some of the other projects um, with those funds and maybe not have to borrow another a, a year in the future. The real the real question as to why you, we don't want you to borrow now and then maybe a year from now is not only interest rates, but number five, six, and seven on this list is there's cost of issuance that goes with every bond issue. So if we can lump them together over what we think we can spend in a two-year um, period, that is actually going to save you money. The estimated cost of issuance will be on the next page, but the underwriter's discount You'll recall we offer when we do a competitive bond sale, we do offer um, a discount of eight tenths of 1%, meaning that the underwriter or the investor who's buying these can take what we would consider to be a sales commission out of the deal because they're going to turn around and resell it. They've got some filing fees that go along with it. So on a million dollars, they could, you know, a million 35, they could take about $8,200 out of the deal. Miscellaneous is just rounding. Bonds are sold in $5,000 increments. So are there any questions or is there discussion that you want to have about those projects um, before we kind of walk through the cost of issuance? Okay, so the next page is our cost of issuance breakdown. And what I can tell you is right at about a million dollars, which we're talking about for this sizing, these are about the cost of issuance that you're going to pay no matter if the size was 500000 or a million dollars. There's really sort of um, a, a kind of a million dollars is, is everyone's base fees. And then they start to go up after that. So Spears fee would be about $5,400. Again, that's for us to prepare documents. That's for us to have meetings um, and, and again, market this uh, security out in the market um, for people that would be interested. All bonds are sold electronically now on an, an auction website. So that's just a pass through. We do have to prepare an official statement um, that does have a small amount of printing. We're able to, to uh, reduce that. And that's really a disclosure document. 
That document talks about the city's finances, talks about taxable and actual valuation, talks about property tax rates. Um, it talks about some demographic or census information, and it talks about the city's debt information. It's all the type of information that someone who's looking to feel your good credit would uh, want to look at. We have copies, postage uh, mailing on there as well. Um, bond council, would this be, we have an estimate in here, and this I think would probably come down a little bit in size. Uh, bond council is the Dorsey and Whitney firm who you've used in the past. We would do all the financial paperwork. They would do all of the legal paperwork. The Secures and Exchange Commission, the SEC, has clearly drawn lines in the sand as to who does what and then what actions um, each of us can undertake. Number nine, um, registrar and paying agent. So right now on your municipally held debt, not your bank loans, but your municipal debt, you have a registrar and paying agent. It's UMB Bank. That means you pay one, your payment to just them. They turn around and distribute um, the proportionate share of those payments to any of the bondholders that are outstanding. So this is their setup in their first year. Um, then I believe you pay around five or $600 a year for that service. And, and we believe that's a, a very worthwhile um, service that they provide for that, that low cost. Again, we have the underwriter's discount on here. If the underwriter does not take all of the eight tenths of 1%, that is just money that is back in the pocket of the council for the expenditure on the projects themselves. Um, on the next page, um, I believe this is where we have provided you kind of an estimated debt service schedule. Uh, we had looked at a million thirty-five thousand dollars over fifteen years. You can see we've given you the principal and estimated interest rate. I can tell you interest rates are a little—they're um, uh, a little un unsavory right now. But again, we're talking about interest rates that have not been in a in a high um, you know rate environment in more than about fifteen years at this point in time. So um, we anticipate that they're going to start to to go up over the next few months um, with the Federal Reserve moving. But we also hope that if interest rates do start to rise, um, some of the inflation may fall, which will help um, stabilize those interest rates a little bit. On a million dollars or a million 35,000 over 15 years, your annual debt service payment would be right there in the middle of around 84 to $87,000 a year. We are talking about, and, and discussed this with the finance committee that we thought you could use somewhere around $80,000 a year from your hotel motel tax. This would still allow for some of the projects that you're already paying hotel motel tax on, as well as some leftover dollars per what the ballot uh, or, or per what the um, jurisdiction of that, local, uh, that hotel motel tax is. I don't um, disagree, we had a conversation you likely could pay the full debt service payment um, with the hotel motel tax annually. But if you know we stuck to just the 80,000, there would be a minor amount of estimated debt service that could be paid with other sources of revenue. Um, but it also could be paid, it could be paid with um, you know, options for cities or local option sales tax, maybe a road use tax, any other funds that you have, general fund money, et cetera. If nothing else, then you would estimate that we'd have a debt service. Um, on this amount, we're looking at a debt service on average of about five cents. So you'd be adding maybe four to seven cents 
um, to the debt service levy, again, if you chose not to pay it with any other sources of revenue. So um, that's just something to consider. And uh, we did talk on our, our last conversation. That's a decision you as a council get to make each and every year um, when you're budgeting. Uh, general obligation debt that states that you will levy the property taxes unless you find other ways to abate the property taxes through your budget process. And that decision is not a decision you have to make right now. You can say, you can indicate that this is how you think you're going to pay that debt. But every year the council does get to decide as you're working on that budget and could move around funds um, from year to year from project to project. Are there any questions on this debt service schedule? Okay, so going on um, to our next page of the packet, um, what we sort of laid out for you would be um, the fastest um, way that we could start this process. If the council tonight wanted to move forward with this, we could have you set a date of public hearing by holding a special meeting on April 26th. That meeting definitely could be done via Zoom. Um, it would only be one resolution setting a date of public hearing. There, there's an action that actually has to be taken. And then from that date that gets set for May 10th, which would be your next normal meeting, um, we would be able to hold the public hearing at that meeting. Um, from the April 26th meeting, uh, the bond council documents that come out would include um, information in them for you um, to send to the newspaper. Because all of these are essential corporate purpose, um, meaning they're essential to running the city, you would be able to um, only have a four and 20 day publication notice, meaning that it wouldn't take very many days in the newspaper prior to that public hearing, which is why we're using April 26th and May 10th. If you did not want to start that process at this, at, at, you know, at a special meeting, you could easily start it on May 10th and then decide to have a special meeting or just regular meetings. That truly is up to you at that point in time. These steps that we've then outlined um, the, for the rest of it, um, these are all steps that after the public hearing need to um, take, they need each of their own dates. So there may be some special meetings that we're requesting. Each of them needs a date and they each need to be about two weeks apart. So from the date of the public hearing, we need to approve the official statements, which needs to be no less than two weeks later. And then from the approval of the official statement, no less than two weeks later, can we have the bond sale? And then no less for the authorizing and issuances two weeks and then bond closing about two weeks. So ultimately what we're saying here is, is we're looking at about a 45 to 60 day um, window when we start talking through everything kind of in a two-week increment. That is the fastest or the soonest that we can make all of this happen. We definitely can slow that process down um, and wait and make decisions like you, the council, make decisions. Um, and, and that's fine as well. We don't have any problems with that, um, but we wanted to just sort of outline what all those steps would need to be for action items. I don't believe there was anything else in our questions, I would be happy to answer them. Um, you may have questions for the finance committee based on our discussions. So.
And Maggie, I want to ask a question about when we talked about these right thing. We're talking you and they probably are one to two resolutions at each meeting and they very well are going to be 10 to 15 minutes. Um, I should note that the last date on the calendar for it says bond closing. There is no meeting requirement. We put that right in parentheses under. That is just the date that you receive the money. So there's no actual action that happens on that date. It is just the date that you receive the funds into your bank account, the date that you can start to spend those funds or reimburse yourself. As we stated, um, there is a spend down requirement. It is approximately 24 months um, through the IRS, um, the IRS issuance guidance. And did you say it'll take three to four months after this process to obtain the funding? Um, we're probably, I would say at least probably 45 to 60 days, because again, if we count everything off in two week blocks and we start at the end of April, uh, Yes, we're probably, I would say, somewhere in that maybe even 60 to 90 day range at this point in time. And what I told Maggie was we usually block Tuesdays for these meetings, but that doesn't mean we have to choose Tuesday. It's up to the what works for the council schedule. Uh, that's what we did with the previous council, but we could change that also. Right. Um, are there any questions about this process? If I can say one more thing, we would recommend that you would sell on a competitive basis, meaning that we would put it out there in the market to everyone uh, and anyone who's a qualified bidder. That could be some of your local institutions that may just be underwriters who are picking up some of your local institutions. We had a bond sale yesterday um, for uh, a community college. It was a 10-year bond sale, so it was a little bit less than this one. Um, we had eight bidders on that, and that really shows you where the market is because you've got that competition of everyone, we say, sharpening their pencil and giving you the best interest rate. By state law, on a competitive sale, you are required to take the lowest interest rate um, or reject all of the bids. And so um, we truly believe that competitive markets um, in Iowa, especially for generalized way, and I will offer you the lowest cost financing. Okay, comments. Uh, Bobby, did you want to comment at all? Uh, uh, I mean, I think you Maggie, worked hard on this. Well, you know? yeah, I don't know how hard I worked compared to Maggie, yeah. that's for sure. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, just to summarize what Maggie said, basically, you know, rates are going up. The longer we wait, it seems in this environment, the, the more it costs. Um, and so, I mean, just that alone is, is an important factor to consider. We, as a city, have a, you know, we can take a lot more debt than what we're even, you know, approaching than the amount that we're even approaching now. And so from that standpoint, it's not a huge concern. We're not, you know, we're not, we're not cutting it close or over leveraging ourselves, I guess. And so, yeah, I don't know. That's just to reinforce everything you already said, Maggie. But. And that's why I had said to the council, we'd have some options, but based on interest rates rising, we kind of, took out the options and and went with, we better include uh, everything. Yeah. Uh, 
Any other questions? Uh, so um, if council decides to move forward with this, start the process, then you would be contacting John Danos or do we have our city attorney contact him? How does that work, Maggie? Yep, so we would be the ones that would be contacting Mr. Danos. So you just have to let us know when you're ready to start that process. We need to give them at least a week's notice. So if we're talking about April 26th, you know, that could maybe you guys get us consensus, you know, by the end of this week or early part of next week. But they do like to have at least a week's notice to get you documents out. Also, that helps it, um, uh, you know, for your council agenda uh, requirements, whatever they may be. So we would provide them the dates. Um, if you say, you know, we're interested in, you know, these dates going forward, that's what we would do. And then we would start to fill in the dates and, and represent that probably to your finance committee so that they could bring it to you and say, do, will the rest of these dates work um, for you guys to have maybe some special meetings along with your regular meetings? Okay. So uh, Steve, we didn't talk about this, but I just thought we needed a general consensus from council about moving forward. Is that right? As far as, or did you want to motion or, you know, just a general consensus. We don't really have a, an item. I think as, excuse me. Yeah. I think as long as that's what we're talking about as a consensus to then, to then uh, adopt a resolution uh, to set a hearing as Maggie outlined, I don't think you need to do anything more than kind of give, give a thumbs up tonight. Okay. Uh, so council want to give a thumbs up or thumbs down? Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's one, there's two. Uh, yeah, three, right. four. Yeah. We got five thumbs five. up. All right, there you go. Okay. <laughs> we do that at some meetings, I just thought, what the heck. Um, okay, so uh, I like how you call us the finance committee, finance committee of, <laughs> of many people. Our finance director, our finance committee, our finance, <laughs> everybody. Okay, so Maggie, you have some directions, so yes. that's good. Would you like me to use the April 26th date or would you like to start that process on May 10th at your regular meeting so you can have a little bit more time to discuss? That's up to you. I kind of would like to go with April 26th. What are you thinking, uh, uh, Bobby? Yeah, I think April 26th is great. Okay then we will go, go ahead and get those dates. Those first two dates off to bond council, we will copy you in. Um, Bobby and Mayor, we will copy you in on that just so that they know we'll also copy Mike in because Mike will be the one getting the proceedings from them as well. Um, so we'll get those that request off to them and then we'll present um, uh, to you um, a filled in dates and, and to make sure that you can come back and bring those to the council to make sure those dates work um, so they can look ahead on their calendars and, and we'll fill in the rest of those dates. All right. Thank you so much, Maggie. Thank I, you for having me. I have one quick question for you, Maggie. Um, yes. Did you say that it's there's a four day publication instead yep. of a 10 so, day on this? Okay, good. Okay. Yes, yes, good. it's an essential, yeah, you're, yeah, good question. It is an essential corporate purpose. So it will be no less than four days, no more than 20 days prior. Got it. Um, because these projects are essential. Even if they are deemed to be taxable, there is still some um, essential pieces there. So, okay. all right. Great. Okay. All right, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your meeting. Thank you, Maggie. Right. Thanks, Maggie. Uh, 
Okay, uh, we're going to go on to a discussion of, um, of um, hotel motel tax revenue. And uh, Bobby, you were going to start that discussion about uh, CVB and tax. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, excuse me. Yeah, I met with uh, Josh and uh, Maggie. Or, no, not Maggie. Sorry. It was uh, Molly. Is it from the hotel? And just. Oh, Michelle. Mm, was it Michelle? I don't think so, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, Kelly? 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 There it is. Kelly. Kelly? Kelly Murphy? Yes, it was Kelly. Because I don't think there's a Molly over no, there. Not Molly. <laughs> Um, I just went with an M name. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think the bottom line, I guess, from my perspective is, you know, the hotel definitely right now really needs to be a part of it. Um, it's, it's a situation where it's very disadvantageous for the hotel to not be a part of that group. And so if we were, if we were to, if we were to step out of that or not contribute in some way, then it would really hurt them, at least as they're getting started for certain. Um, uh, the, the, it's a unique thing just for us because the portion that we would be contributing is such a large part of our, it's a, such a large percentage of our annual budget. And so um, they understand that, but, um, and I think, you know, they said basically, I don't know what the final decision on this was from their standpoint, but they would be, you know, willing to kind of, you know, let us in at a reduced rate initially, just because we have, um, we have other expenses and things that we're trying to pay for. And, and, and it is such a big percentage of our budget, but um, that's what they talked about. He, Josh, the last I left it, he, had, he needed to go back and talk to them, the rest of the, you know, municipalities, but that was that, I guess. Anything else, Louise, that you? No, I thought that was uh, a nice compromise to uh, suggest to you that we come in at, he said, 10 to 15,000. And he said, whatever your budget can do for the first year, starting July. But it has to go through the, the board members, of course. But he... Uh, what it, he does understand uh, the uniqueness of University Heights now, and that that would give more time to uh, the city to plan for July 1st, 2023, when we'd go to a 25%. So I wanna encourage everyone to call Josh, to talk to him. He'll meet with you at the city office at your, wherever you wanna meet with him, or you can go to the CVB or talk on the phone and, um, and then uh, we need to vote on this either May or June. He also would be glad to come back to a meeting and talk again. Uh, he'll uh, do whatever council wants. And so uh, uh, I'm not sure how everyone feels, but we could put it on the agenda as a decision next month and then we could defer it if people aren't ready or uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly fine with that. In my mind, it's a no brainer, I guess. And so I don't, I guess personally don't see any reason to 
delay the decision, I guess, but I'm fine with it taking as long as everyone needs to feel comfortable with it. You know, the hotel really needs it. This is a really critical time for them to get up and get running. And so um, it would be a really bad thing if they didn't, you know, if they were excluded, you know, from, from that group right off, right out of the gate. Um, and, and I think frankly, what the CVB does is incredible. So it's really, it's pretty awesome what they, you know, provide for our, what they bring to, to town, so. Any other comments or I'll go ahead and uh, have Steve put a, a decision a resolution on the May agenda and we'll see where we are then. Okay, thank you. Um, okay, now, um, we have the visitor here uh, from Aztec. V's here tonight with the presentation. And I had said to them, you can come at eight o'clock so they wouldn't have to sit around. But since she's already here, let's uh, go ahead and have her speak. And I did uh, have Mike send the presentation around so they could, re council could review. And uh, so V, welcome to the meeting tonight. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you for, for having me. And yeah, I've just uh, been listening and uh, doing a bit of catching up on my own work too. So no, no love lost there. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me. I, um, I can definitely share my screen for the presentation. I can also yep. just talk through it. So should I go? Yeah, that'd be fine. You should be able to, you should be able to share. Perfect. Okay. Oh yeah, there we go. Perfect. All right. Can, uh, can everybody see that? Yes. Perfect. Okay, great. I can't see anybody. So if you have a question, just unmute yourself um, and uh, speak into the space. Um, yeah. So my name is V Fixmore O'Rise and I'm the CEO and founder of Estee Planning. And we're actually a planning firm uh, located here in Iowa and nearby in Iowa City. And uh, we are working on this inclusive economic development plan in Johnson County. Uh, we started conversations with the Iowa City Area Development Group and um, the business partnership about a year ago, actually, on this um, in conjunction with some work that we were doing with the Multicultural <laughs> Development Center of Iowa. And uh, just realized that, you know, um, there was a lot of talk about, and, and the county actually does have its own economic development plan. And this work is actually to kind of add on to that uh, work that they did. So um, wanted to point that out. And, uh, but really trying to get an understanding of what, what we call um, underestimated community members. So those would be your BIPOC community members, people with disabilities, women, people from the LGBTQ plus community. What, and what are some of the barriers and opportunities that people are facing when trying to start a business, uh, maintaining a business, um, and or maintaining a business? And then, you know, what are some of the um, tools and programs that are available to them? So this is also funded by Green State Credit Union. And uh, we're, we're grateful to do this work. So I'm just gonna give you kind of a rundown of the project, the planning pro process, uh, our outreach and engagement, and then some next steps. And of course, our, our ask at the end there. 
So some highlights about the project, you know, we've, um, we did some initial research, identified over 25 economic development plans and racial equity plans. We realized that, you know, this plan is a little bit different than just one or the other. We're really trying to meld the two to, um, like I said, kind of identify those barriers uh, that may be um, occurring and also link to some of those opportunities. So we wanted to kind of get a sense of what, what's out there already. We don't want to reinvent the wheel. And so we looked at a lot of plans at every level, county, city, state, and then we kind of took the best of the best. So we wanted to do a survey. We need to get some data um, and especially trying to understand, you know, what are COVID related impacts and what are just um, impacts that people were feeling beforehand. Uh, so we wanted to make sure that we were asking, you know, those kind of direct questions. Um, and then also making sure that that is a very accessible survey. So we have it actually translated into four languages. It's um, in Spanish, French, Arabic, and Mandarin. And so trying to make that accessible. Um, and the questions are really aimed at, you know, what are uh, the resources that you know of or how are you accessing capital, uh, those types of questions. And then we also wanted to make sure that we gave people an opportunity to provide um, their stories and to be able to sort of directly engage in a group setting. So we've been hosting focus groups and uh, we worked with Angie Jordan of Banjo Knits Empowerment um, to do some and then we've also done some of our own and we're really looking at focusing on groups like I said from those underestimated community members. So um, we were working with the Center for Worker Justice. Um, we have a Latina um, group of entrepreneurs that we also hosted a focus group with um, and so, you know, trying to kind of bring those folks together. Uh, and then also one-on-one -on -one interviews. We want to make sure that uh, we're, you know, kind of gathering the stories, uh, letting people kind of tell their own experiences and their own words, uh, making sure that that's a real, like, human-centered approach. Um, and then it'll actually culminate in some strategic doing sessions. So if you're um, not familiar with strategic doing, it's really about gathering people in one space and, um, you know, bringing together uh, people from kind of different areas. And uh, that would be kind of like city folks like yourself, and then maybe some people from lending institutions, ICAD, and then of course, you know, potential business um, people or people who own their own businesses. And then trying to understand what are some of the new pathways that we can create based on a lot of the information that we would have gathered and analyzed what are the assets in the room and the, and the ways that we can kind of, you know, pivot um, based on the people and the resources that are in the room. So it's a pretty cool process. I'm a certified strategic doing planner, as is Angie Jordan. So we'll be hosting those sessions and inviting you to those. Uh, just to give a timeline. So we started that research back in November. Uh, we started the surveys in February. And actually the uh, survey will close April 22nd. And then the focus groups have been ongoing. Um, I'll get into that a little bit more here, but we have a couple more uh, coming up the, yeah, this month. And then those strategic doing sessions, uh, hopefully we can get those in May and then kind of wrapping things up this summer in June or July. To give you a sense of the focus groups that we've been working with, um, like I said, we're really focusing on groups that are underestimated or under-resourced. So, you see the Colectivo de Mujeres and Negocios, that is 
um, a group of uh, Latina women who are entrepreneurs and um, are, you know, starting their own businesses. And really, it's kind of a support group that already existed. And so we just were able to invite them to another uh, group and uh, get their input. And that focus group happened all in Spanish. And um, we had an interpreter and a facilitator. So um, really dynamic experience um, and wanting to make sure that people feel comfortable to provide authentic information and, um, and, and honest feedback. So we also have um, the Center for Worker Justice, like I mentioned, and then we've also engaged um, vendors from the diversity markets. So um, have been really fortunate to have such a just robust uh, community uh, that there are so many different types of groups and people that are coming together to really make their dreams happen. Um, as a small business owner, I know what it's like to think about how daunting it is to start a small business. And um, so it's been very, uh, just a really incredible experience to listen to these people's stories and, and what they're doing. Um, we wanted to make sure that it, this was also accessible. So we offered um, as you see, a $500 stipend to the organiz organization that was leading it, such as, um, you know, the Center for Worker Justice. And then we also provided food and childcare and transportation. Um, this plan must be accessible even throughout the planning process, um, as you can imagine, um, just making sure that people are resourced. Um, we have done uh, quite a few interviews, actually. I think we're up to five or six at this point. And... Uh, the outreach, you know, it's, these things kind of happen word of mouth. Um, we did reach out to ICAD and the business partnership and also use, use the TSB directory um, and the Grow Black-Owned Story Map from the University of Iowa to kind of identify uh, leaders in the, in the community and see if we, they would be willing to share their stories. Um, you can see we've done quite a bit of outreach and um, they're kind of in the dark oranges University Heights. So that's actually one of our asks is um, hopefully to see if you could connect us with um, some folks who might be willing to uh, share their story. We, we think it's really important to have these interviews because, again, we want to make sure that there's a human-centered approach. And as humans, it's really, it's about the stories. We'll have the data, um, and that's really important, of course. Uh, but then also, how do we connect to these things and, and make, you know, changes happen? And, and typically that's done through storytelling. Just to give an update as to where we're at with the survey responses and the distribution. So like I said, we launched it in February. We've kind of done outreach to all the city governments and the county um, and the lending institutions and then over 100 of, of the businesses um, themselves. And, and that actually has gone door to door. So we've realize that, you know, people are busy, especially if you're underestimated or underrepresented, you may have multiple businesses or you may be kind of juggling a lot of things at the same time. So we've gone door to door. We've also called people um, and made sure that we have kind of language appropriate people helping us. For the survey, we've had about 41 responses and we've wanted to also incentivize this because we realize it, it takes folks a minute to kind of fill it out. So we're offering five $100 cash prizes that we'll randomly select um, at the end of the survey, which is April 22nd. It's been really great. We've had a response rate, um, like I said, that's even higher than we had anticipated. We thought we would be great if we got 36 responses, honestly, <laughs> um, just kind of looking at the percentages. 
But 73% you can see are business owners and then the rest of the 30% are support institutions. And it's just as important that we're getting that information from the support institutions because those questions are really geared at, you know, what types of programs um, are you offering? Are you lending um, to folks through grants? Um, and that's, you know, cities and the county as well as the lending institutions. So that survey is also really important. Um, on our website, we also have an opportunity not only to get information about this planning process, but also to share stories. And so people have anonymously submitted stories. Um, and you may have read this because you had this ahead of time, but um, I'll read one of them. So I'm a general contractor who has worked here in the Eastern Iowa corridor for well over 20 years. I have not received any help or support from any banks or financial institutions in this area. No one will give me a loan and probably never will. So I think, you know, these kinds of stories sort of strike a chord um, and set a tone. And I think kind of give insight into some of the frustration or maybe mistrust that people have um, with like lending institutions or other organizations. Um, but, you know, it's, it's important that we continue to put, um, you know, kind of people's stories out there. So um, our next steps are to kind of continue doing this. University Heights is, um, you know, kind of our, one of our few, last few cities that we are doing outreach to specifically um, to the city council. Um, and really we were doing that because uh, first of all, we need help kind of getting the word out about the surveys. Um, and also you are community leaders. So you may know some um, individuals that we could be reaching out to. Uh, we'll still conduct some more interviews here and then uh, we'll be wrapping up our focus groups and of course, continuing our collaborations with our project partners. Um, we thought it'd be maybe nice or easy to share with the QR code. Uh, those are still in fashion as far as I know. Um, and then if you'd like to take the survey, you can go to our website and there's a tab actually called, um, I think it's economic, and you can click on that and there's a lot of information there. You can share your story there. There's a link to it. And then uh, my colleague Ismita is the one who's kind of running point for a lot of the distributing information. So. Um, definitely feel free to reach out there. Her email is there. And really, that's kind of my full um, presentation. Um, I can stop sharing screen so I can see your faces here. Um, but I would, I would love to entertain any questions um, or, or comments. So you want all of, you want uh, the staff and council and residents to look at the survey or do the survey? The survey is really intended for underestimated uh, community members who would like to open a business or are currently or currently have a business. So uh, oh. women-owned business, uh, BIPOC-owned business, person with disability, um, LGBTQ+. The city actually would be great to take that um, because maybe there are programs that you have for, for small businesses or something. Um, and so it would be good to know kind of how you're supporting the businesses in your town. Um, and so that would be great. And then if you know of anybody to pass along the survey or, or connect us and we can, you know, kind of talk with them or interview if they were open to it, but really looking to city councilors as, as leaders of the community to, to help us kind of connect with some folks. Are there any questions?
Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for so the much. presentation. And um, you can re and you can keep reaching out to me for any follow up. Okay. All right. Thank you, Mary. Thank you very much. Uh, now we'll go on to let's stay up here under Mayor's report and discussion of American Rescue Plan for ARPA funding. And um, that's, you know, what it is, it's the American Rescue Plan Act and uh, University Heights uh, applied for it. And we received by our population count 153,400 some dollars. Uh, that's what the total will be. We have received so far half of that, which is $76,700 approximately. And the second half we should get probably in the fall. So um, Steve, Cool, Bobby and I, when we were working on the city budget FY23, Steve Cool has been working on the budget for, I think this is his 39th year. And so he has a good grasp of the budget. So uh, we uh, were looking on it, working on it, and Steve went through very carefully to see if there were any losses that we could claim for uh, using this funding. And he told us the only loss was in the police. And that loss was covered by Chief Troy applying for CARES funding and also um, uh, chief uh, lined up contracted work to keep from any, for the police to keep from any significant losses. And so we're grateful for chief for doing that. And so Bobby and I and Steve talked about uh, for the, since COVID began, the city has heard from several small business owners and um, they were asking, inquiring if there was any kind of funding for small businesses during this pandemic. And they were asking, several of them mentioned that Iowa City was doing some, was helping small businesses. And so Bobby and I are suggesting to the council, would you wanna consider uh, uh, using this money for small businesses? Uh, for help during COVID. And uh, so I don't know if you want to add anything, Bobby, but um, no, I mean, summarizes it. Like we were thinking uh, that's where we've gotten requests from or several small businesses. And uh, uh, there's a process that we should go through and, and be fair and open to all small businesses and, and, uh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and we can talk about that. Yeah, that, that's my, yeah, that's great, Luis. I think that's right on my thing. I just to reiterate that I think the the goal with the funds is to, is to kind of help the businesses that were directly impacted by COVID lockdowns and shutdowns. So in my mind, it's businesses that had to close doors. They're, you know, just, uh, you know, 
you know, yeah. I'm just, just, I'm just thinking out loud here, you know, sidekick. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not making any decisions, but this is just me thinking out loud of the types of businesses that were directly impacted. It would be sidekicks. It'd be bar uh, fitness. It would be Maggie's. It would be Stella's, you know, that type of th businesses that really couldn't do any business because of the shutdown. And so and I'm thinking, I mean, we've talked about putting together some type of, whether it's a Google form or some type of application that, that business owners can fill out on the website or, or just a PDF that they can fill out and submit. And then we can kind of go from there as far as distributing funds. I uh, contacted uh, about five cities in Johnson County, uh, uh, their um, city administrator or manager asking if they used any funds of any kind for small businesses. And the only one I found was a city of Iowa City. And uh, I, I was able to get some forms from them that we could look at. And uh, they said, we'd be glad to show this to you so you don't have to reinvent the wheel and, and see if this will help you. And so that's where we are now. Yeah, what's, what's next and what do we need to do next in the process to just to keep the ball rolling, Louise? Well, I think council, if they, I think we ought to have a ad hoc committee, a subcommittee of a couple council members, maybe a couple staff members, Mike, the clerk for sure. And uh, maybe a consultant of Steve Ballard to overlook it when the, you know, Mm -hmm. to pick and choose the form and how it's done because uh, we have to look at, I mean, some of these businesses have gotten PPP money and mm -hmm. we need them to explain if they're still uh, have, you know, holes yeah. and need mm -hmm. some assistance, right. you know? So I think it would be good to get uh, uh, some members of council to help serve on this uh, and look at, look at building a form. Is that yes. what you're thinking, Bobby? I think you suggested that and I talked, and Tim's, Tim talked to me about that also. Yeah, I'm happy to help if that's, if that's the next step. We can, we can, I guess I can work with whoever else wants to and, and then Steve Ballard and we can just kind of come up with some, something to maybe to vote on or approve at next council meeting. Is that kind of the thinking? Or is that too? If we're too, that far along, I don't know. You know, yeah. it's, we can see. I mean, it depends on schedules and things. But mm -hmm. you know, uh, maybe we'd be far enough along. A lot of councils haven't made decisions yet, so it's not like we're behind. <coughs> um, yeah. And so, yeah, ideally, the sooner the better. I think would be good for the small businesses. Yeah. Yeah, I so can, I'm happy to that's help. That's great. Does anyone else have some time that could help or have an interest in? I could step up, I'd help, yeah. Okay, Steph, thanks. And uh, we'll, we'll see, I mean, I could help also, but could Mike, can you help with this? Uh, sure, as sure, staff? yeah. I mean, it, yeah, so is, is that sound agreeable to council? Uh, to move forward like this? 
I heard from Tim and Bobby and staff. That's good, but did I mean Tim was kind of the he looked like he had unmuted and was gonna say something. Okay. Well, I didn't mean like to he was gonna <laughs> so oh, no, that's, I mean I'm not that's fine. I, I got plenty of stuff to do. And <laughs> you sure just, uh, oh take it. <laughs> no. Um no, that's fine. Uh, or I can help if you need it. But I was just curious about how you, I mean, it, people put something down on a form, but do you need to get their tax forms for the last couple of years and kind of review what they I'm actually not. got? That's, to, that's a great question. I don't, I think some of that is what we need to determine really. Yeah. What's, I mean, because my guess is Steve Ballard, it's going to have a lot of, I'm just thinking out loud, a lot of, legal implications and compliance things about equi you know equitable and all that you know so i don't know it could be a complicated um endeavor frankly yeah i think we'll need to look at it's nice that iowa city uh, was willing to share uh, its forms and as as the phrase not to to reinvent the wheel you know when the city uh, is the conduit for these kinds of funding uh, opportunities, resources, the city has pretty considerable uh, discretion and ability to ask applicants for the kinds of information that, you know, kind of raises an eyebrow, gee, can we ask them for this or that? So I feel pretty comfortable that the council, once we have a, an opportunity to kind of get our head around what we want to do in terms of making funding available and how, particularly with the Iowa City forms as a starting point, uh, I think we'll be able to come up with, with uh, things to talk about as for you to talk about as a council to say, yeah, let's focus on this or ask them about that or no, that's not really important to us. I think you'll have flexibility, Tim. Okay. Um, so I'm hearing that's agreeable by the majority of council. In fact, it's probably unanimous. Doug, I didn't hear you or well, I was wondering maybe we should just make it a workshop or something where all of us participate. I think that might be one of those too many cooks kind of a thing, but what it looks oh, like. I'll be willing to step out of the kitchen if that's what it takes. <laughs> I'll go sit on the couch. <laughs> Well, how about we go ahead and see how that works and how the, the small group works. And uh, I'm not, you know, and we'll go from there. That's agreeable. Do we, do we, let me ask this. If we kind of on the, on the count on, you know, between myself and Stephanie or whoever it, it would be, if we kind of come to a pretty clear consensus on what the form needs to be, do we need to have it, um, approved at a council meeting before we, you know, submit it or just put it out there for the business owners. You know what I mean? I think we, well, what do you think, Steve? Well, I, it's a fair question. I mean, the form, you know, it's what's, it's the, it's the values and the decisions uh, mm -hmm. that might be kind of baked into the form. I mean, the council needs to decide, okay, this is, this is how we would like to see these funds distributed. And if, 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 you know, and if the council makes those uh, sort of big picture decisions, I think, it, I think the council can delegate to a committee or to staff or both 
you know, put, put a form together and, and get it out there. But I, I don't think the form can sort of be uh, drafted without the council's okay in the absence of the council deciding how the funds are going to be distributed, if that makes sense, Bobby. Yeah, I wasn't thinking any sort of decision on distributing, but just getting the information out there and collecting the responses so that we could keep it moving. But yeah, I think that's probably, that's probably the right way to do it is to have a, an approval on the form next time or whatever, and then and then go from there. Can, can I ask you, it's probably an unrelated and probably a dumb question, but in regards to any COVID, uh, was there anything, Troy, was there any of our police officers that due to COVID lost any hours or was everybody pretty much covered with sick pay? I mean, was there any lost income on the PD side of things? I'm just trying to think of any other COVID relief that we could maybe provide other than small businesses. Yeah, no officers suffered financially. The, okay. the officers who were out because of COVID were out on sick time. We did incur some backfill expenses, but that was covered in theory by the the care submission and the percentage they allowed us. Okay, good. I, I just wanted to make sure we weren't overseeing anything or forgetting and and uh, just trying to keep eyes on everybody and everything. Just make sure we're not losing uh, someplace that we could help. Appreciate it. That's a good question, Doug, because when we get the second half of the 76,000, we have, uh, according to uh, the president, we have until December 31st, 2024 to make, uh, to use these funds. And so if there's something that we find from the city that we suffered and can show, we could maybe use some of those funds at the time. Okay. That's good. And make yeah. a decision with those funds. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, it is. And uh, so, well, we'll go ahead with that for the small businesses. And um, uh, Mike, will you send, would you start sending out things so we can come up with some times when people can sure. maybe attend. Would you, could you yep. help with that? Yep, absolutely. Thank Will do. Thank you. Thank you was, very much. I was gonna ask if you could look at the forms on the 26th or something, if you're already gonna be meeting. Oh yeah, that would be a good idea. We could put that on the agenda to look at the forms on the 26th, see where, where everybody is. That's a good suggestion. Thanks, Tim. Maybe that'll get us going too, you know, moving uh, a little quicker for everyone. Any other comments, suggestions? Um, yeah, Louise, this is Steve. Uh, just um, Oh, Steve, cool. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at Steve. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you were correct about the date, December 31 of 2024. Um, yes. any, any events or situations that would occur up through that date are coverable by these funds. I believe the actual expenditure of the funds has to be completed by December 31 of 2026. Oh, oh. So we have until the end of December 2024. Okay, but that's yeah. not the deadline. Okay, very good. Right, right. Because some some communities are doing some construction projects, and as long as they, you know, have the contracts all in place and everything, and 
substantially, you know, complete those projects or have them underway by then, they, they do have until December of 2026 to actually spend all the money. So we still have a little, we still have a little over two years, you know, of other possible things to cover yet. So Steve, I didn't realize you were still on. Thanks for hanging on. So is this your 39th year or your 40th year? Uh, not quite that long, maybe 33. <laughs> oh, I thought you, oh, oh, only 33. Okay. Yeah, only. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, okay. Only, only 33 years he's been with the city. Okay, thanks, Steve. You're welcome. Uh, okay, and now uh, if there's no other comments, we'll move on to, let's see, we're all over the place. We'll go to the city attorney's legal report. Uh, Steve, you have a couple things to take care of with seats and transit. Right, it's uh, that time of year where we renew our 2080 agreements with uh, Johnson County for the provision of seats uh, services. The, uh, the seats service rate has changed over the years. Uh, we, play, we paid a flat rate for uh, quite a while. And, uh, and then seats came to us and said, you know, no more than, than your uh, residents are using a seat service, you're, you're better off to pay a per uh, ride rate. And, and that saved the city, uh, frankly, thousands of dollars. And so the, the per ride rate for the last few years has been $25. And this year it increased 30 um, inflation, uh, you know, uh, obviously a, a, a motor vehicle fleet, uh, gas prices, so forth. So 2206 is the renewal of the, uh, of the seats agreement with, uh, with Johnson County for uh, uh, FY 2023. So that's obviously 2022 to 2023 at a rate of $30 per ride. That's uh, 2206. Okay, is there a motion? Motion. Okay, Bobby raised his hand for Second. resolution 2206 and Steph, that was you, right? Yep. Uh, was the second. Uh, discussion. Okay, roll call vote. Gunn. Aye. Moore. Aye. Schroeder. Aye. Scott. Aye. Swales. Aye. Motion carries unanimously. Thank you. And then you have, go ahead, Steve, I'm sorry. No, sure. So then, uh, then the next resolution is 2207. And, and so seats is, uh, is uh, you know, paratransit or, or uh, accessible uh, uh, transit. Uh, 2207 is for, for what's called the, you know, Iowa City Transit, uh, you know, the bus service. So this is a 2080 agreement between the city of University Heights and the city of Iowa City, you know, to uh, stop and, and, you know, accept riders at the locations in University Heights where, where the bus stops are. Uh, the contract price is $42,920 uh, a year. It's an increase of $2,238 over the prior year. Um, it's, you know, that's 5.2%, which I think is, is roughly a CPI. Uh, uh, calculation, uh, maybe a little below CPI, depending on, I guess, when you calculate it. But that's, uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's the rate and um, the, con uh, the resolution. So 2207 is the renewal of the 2080 agreement with the city of Iowa City for transit services. 
Is there a motion? A motion. Motion by, was that Bobby? I'm sorry. Uh, is there a second? I'll second it. I'll second, second it. by Doug. Okay, uh, discussion. Roll call vote. Moore? Aye. Schroeder? Aye. Scott? Aye. Swales? Aye. Gone. Aye. Motion carries unanimously. Okay, thank you. And Steve, you have one more. Uh, I no, guess you can I, start. Other people have been working on it, but yeah, I was going to say that it, uh, perhaps Steph uh, or or Bobby would like to, to discuss the the renewal. I can certainly speak to the contract terms, but uh, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, Steph. I guess I didn't. No, no, absolutely if, no. If you want to go ahead, yeah, go ahead. I, I just think that we've got an excellent opportunity here to renew the chief's contract and um, he's gone over the terms and I think he's amicable with things. And I think as long as we can keep him, we're wanting to keep him on board, but uh, um, I think that he's comfortable with, with what you've drawn up in the contract for now. And I, I, I don't know, do we need to even discuss it? Or can we just motion that we are gonna? Well, you can make the motion of okay. that resolution and then we'll have discussion at the appropriate time. Okay, I'll motion. Okay, for resolution 2208. And is there a second? I'll second. Second by Tim and discussion. I think we're I'm, all thrilled to have yeah. Troy back on board. What a phenomenal two years it's been in light of what it could have been. Great. You took it right out of my mouth. Thank you, Bobby. Yes, yes. <laughs> Troy, I didn't hear what you said. You were muted, by the way. I I was just going to say we're thrilled, and you said that. I was like, oh, my goodness. Okay. I, said, I appreciate the support of both the council oh. and the community. I, I it's, it's actually been an enjoyable three years, and despite everything that's happened socially. <laughs> Thank you, Chief. Uh, okay, roll call vote. Schroeder? Aye. Scott? Aye. Swales? Aye. Gunn? Aye. Moore? Aye. Motion carries 5-0. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Okay. Are there any other questions for Steve um, Ballard uh, tonight? Okay, we'll go on to um, the clerk report. You had some other things. I don't know. Was there anything else you wanted to add, Mike? Not. I don't think so. I, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for getting all that paperwork out. That was very nice. Thank you. Um, City Treasurer, so Lori submitted her reports and the warrants tonight. And then did everyone have a chance to see the updated warrants that she sent? Um, did anyone need her to go over those updated ones? No. Um, are there any additions or corrections from that? Uh, Lori, I just wanted you to, did you wanna make a comment? No. Okay, well, I have nothing. 
Well, I wanted to make a comment because there were three council members that didn't have their, they weren't listed as getting quarterly money and it was just a mm -hmm. paperwork thing, right? Okay, so they'll, they'll get paid at the next time. Okay, so. The end of the yep. Okay, uh, is there any objection to paying the bills? Hearing none, the warrants will be paid by unanimous consent. Thank you. Uh, any questions for Lori? Um, okay, we'll go on to the chief's report. Uh, Chief, did you want to? Yes, given where we are in the meeting and time, the only item I'd like to highlight is under staffing and uh, part-time staff. Uh, Adam Schmerbach, uh, an Iowa City officer who worked with me uh, and, and resigned for, for personal reasons and to pursue a, a career in construction uh, about a year ago, approached me about joining University Heights Police Department as a part-time officer. Again, our part-time officers are as needed and to fill in staffing shortages. Uh, Adam will be a great addition to the department. Again, he has that maturity that, that I've, I've strived to try to bring on to the department. So uh, he was sworn in on Friday by Mike. You will see him. He's about my build, a few inches taller, uh, reddish hair. But again, Adam Schmerbach, uh, if you see him, say hi to him and thanks. Thank you. Any questions for Chief tonight about his report or anything else? Okay. Um, Steph, did you have anything to add? No. Okay, good. We'll move on to uh, streets and sidewalks. Uh, Josiah and Doug. And I know Josiah was going to report on Imon. Yeah, thanks, Mayor. Uh, yeah, a couple items. So the two big ones in my mind we've been uh, tracking for a number of months here is this fiber to home build out. We've got IMON and Metronet um, that have submitted plans and started down this process. Um, so tonight we do not have any action items tonight for the council to approve uh, official work for either one. Um, I submitted a written report and you can see in there we've reviewed a number of plans with IMON and Metronet. Uh, met with Iman most recently uh, yesterday afternoon to basically go over their plans and you know come up with a number of comments that we'd like them to just just nail down exactly what they're doing and where and um, we did get a resubmittal this morning so um, we just started to go over those this afternoon. Um, I included in my written report some comments from Iman that they wanted to pass along to the council um, on the residents are, they're planning to serve in University Heights. They did indicate that once they get going, it's approximately a four-week construction window. Uh, they do have a general contractor in place for that work. Um, and reiterated again, I think in the same manner that Iman and Metronet have uh, communicated to the council in the past that they would uh, be in continuous communication with the residents once they start building. Uh, so that's Iman. I'm hopeful that, and I guess Metronet similarly, uh, we're waiting for follow-up on them on some details of where exactly they're going to be placing conduits and boxes at a couple locations in the city's right-of-way. Um, I'm hopeful that both 
companies would have everything squared away so that they can be on the May 10th agenda. Uh, the only other two items I had, uh, we had talked about the Finkbine golf course development and how those that development's gonna impact Melrose. You may recall that I think it's about six weeks ago towards the end of February, we had quite a few meetings with the city of Iowa City and some others. Um, I've checked with the Iowa, with the city of Iowa City engineering department and they're still awaiting resubmittal of plans to address those comments. So nothing new this month. And then lastly, I had a note there, we're, we're doing some uh, storm sewer investigation work on, on Melrose uh, here this week um, to try and identify a sinkhole over a storm sewer that the city has some storm sewer easements to collect that water. So uh, more to come on that, but uh, that's something that just came up at the end of last week. That's all I have, Mayor. Okay. Any questions for Josiah? Thank you. Uh, Doug, did you have anything to add tonight? Uh, not, not really too much other than I'm still looking for any potholes. Of, uh, have you heard of anything or... Maybe, Chief, if some of your staff happens to notice any potholes around the uh, city area, we could uh, get a hold of you. Yeah, that's right. I was going to call Russ. You put that on your list, the top of Monroe Street. Top of Monroe. He fills them every year. And he also checks coming down Highland. And I think those are pretty good, but it's just the area that he usually fills. Yeah. Okay. I, got, I got a couple here at the end of my street, too, in Mahaska Court. I know. Uh, that, that reminds me. Um, I talked to Russ as well today, and uh, he, we're going we're gonna to order some street signs. There's some street signs missing. And uh, so it reminded me, Troy, I don't know if you have any, any others, um, but Russ is going to take a look around and see how we're doing on street signs, and we'll put together an order, uh, try and get an, a new round of signs up. Okay, I have provided them a list as we've noticed them, but I'll make sure that that's updated and that he has it. Thanks, Josiah. Okay, thank you. Um, anything else? I think any other questions or comments? Okay, we'll move to building zoning sanitation. Tim, did you have anything tonight? Nothing from me. Okay, we'll go to e-government. Lisa, you sent out a report. Uh, I did. did you want? Um, I'll just okay. mention that um, leak vacuuming is April 18th now. It had to be changed at the contractor's suggestion. Um, and then April 23rd, it's cleanup day. My favorite event with the dumpster. It really is. She's not being sarcastic. She loves it. <laughs> I do. Uh, the dumpster's on Marietta and. Even if you don't have anything to drop off, you can come check out the too good to throw away. <laughs> I think Mike named that, didn't he? That's a cute name. But anyway. Um, I did. <laughs> yeah. Too good to throw away table or, you know, on the table. Um, thank you. Uh, we'll go on to announcements. And I, I didn't say this, but Troy and I have been working on a farmer's market and we're not quite ready, right, Troy, to announce anything, but we're really close and probably something will be 
on the website before we say something, hopefully by the 26th of, um, of uh, this month. And also um, the Iowa City Public Library Bookmobile was gonna be on Tuesdays on Paul Moore's lot. And then the supervisor says we can't be on gravel because of the uh, uh, wheelchair accessible. And so it's not confirmed, but it looks like it's gonna be in front of, on Melrose, on the lane that's right in front of the old city office, the Stella and the uh, Dennis office right in there on Tuesdays from four to 4.30. And uh, so it's not 100% confirmed, but uh, we're getting close to that too. So I thought I'd mention that. And are there any other announcements by anyone? Um, is there any objection to adjournment? Hearing none, the meeting is adjourned by unanimous consent. Thanks everyone for your time.